Hey everyone, this week we're doing something a little different. I got sick right at the time when I normally write and record, so I have no new episode this week. But do not fear, I have something to help you explore this album. This is Walter's interview on the Art Grind podcast. Yes, the same podcast where he found Hollis Heikmer's art, which eventually became the cover for The Bear. This is a great conversation, not just about Walt's career and music, but also the similarities and differences between songwriting and painting. This is something we'll explore more in future episodes, and so it's a great listen to get those thoughts rolling. If you like this, definitely check out other episodes of the Art Grind podcast. I suggest listening to Hollis's episode if you want a true piece of bear history. All right, without further ado, the Art Grind podcast. And that that brings me, well, brings us to your latest solo album, The Bear. And I was thinking kind of along the same lines that Dina was in preparing for this, like, wow, you worked collaboratively with people. And there's certainly, I know you have other musicians on this, but essentially you moved upstate and recorded this thing on your own, right? Like, how was how that? How does that differ? Be feeling a little more isolated. It feels like your your craft now is a little more like a painter in the studio, in, in terms of how I envision it. Yeah, exactly. That's how I feel. I mean, I, you know, the the Walkman stopped in like uh, 2013, I guess. So I've been doing it, you know, and I really like I was saying, just had a real longing to do it to to do it on my own and to and to uh, to see if I could, you know, uh, because you know I, I'm not much of a singer, you know, and I and I it took me a while to to get up the nerve or to figure out that like. That I should that I like a lot of people who aren't singers, you know, and and uh, so I, you know, I was looking at people like whatever, like Randy Newman and like Jonathan Richman and Michael Hurley, people like that, and I was like, you know, I this, yeah, I was like, you know, that's the stuff that I, you know, that I really I really love that stuff so much, and and I and I, you know, when you see them play, you're like. They're forgetting words and they're talking and it's you know, like it's about them. It's their per it's that I love I love them and it's not necessarily the it's it's the the personality that I that I really love and so you know I I guess it just took me just getting over the hump of realizing that I should if I believe that you know that like I know how to write you know that I should I should try to write stuff that I could sing you know uh, or, or figure out a way to write in my own voice you know instead of writing for the band um and so you know and that was like so that was like in 2014 and i and i uh I, yeah the first thing out of the gate i, I didn't want to be compared to the walkman or be compared to anything and i didn't want to uh, so i made i made a kid's record like uh um and well i called it a kid's record it was sort of like the coasters you know sort of like 50s rock i love you know i have like a million million records and i was like listening to the coasters and i was like you know i could make a I could make a record like this and I could call it a kid's record and then I could make it like really open hearted and like I could hide behind the fact that it's a kid's record and I wouldn't have to be like on pitchfork and I wouldn't have to be anything and it would be and I it would be great. So I, I made that, you know, and like and I just it was sort of like a like an art project, like a fantasy kids record, you know, um, and uh, like a song about like rattlesnakes and a song like a like a schoolyard love song and stuff like that. Uh, it, but it really somehow got me into like 
it, I, you know, I remember like playing it for my mom or, or for my wife, and they were like, "That's like that's you, like that's it, that's that, you know." They were just, you know, they were they were, they they felt like it was it was it was very much me. So that that felt good, and so, you know, I so that's what I've done since, you know, and it really is so different from before because I am alone, you know. I mean, I do I do work with a lot of people, but you know, ninety five percent of my work is uh, is writing it, you know, and. and figuring out how you want it to sound. And that's all just alone. That's just me sitting at my desk, you know, uh, like biting my nails and stressing. And uh, so, yeah, it is, it is a very, very solitary, you know, it is a very solitary kind of, kind of experience now. And I, you know, I love it like that. I'm, I'm, I'm obsessed with it, with it being like that. Uh, and I'm, I think I'm trying to get more and more like that. Like with, I think, I'm, you know, this, this record is definitely less than less, even fewer people than before involved, um, fewer instrumentation. Uh, I'm, I guess I'm just trying to bo boil it down and down and down, which which is a fun fun process. And, and you feel like you're getting closer and closer to yourself as you boil it down? I guess so, yeah, I think so. You know, I, I don't really think of it that way, but I think if I were maybe in 10 years to look back, I, I probably that's probably what I'm doing, you know? I think there's less and less that I'm hiding. I mean, hiding behind it being a kid's record was it was a fun idea, and I and I like that. Then I fought, after that I did like an art history record, um, which was a nice. You know, I was basically talking about myself and my life, but it was sort of about through the lens of like art history and like college art history. Oh like, really? I See, I haven't heard that one. I gotta. What's the name of that one? That's called Arts and Leisure. Arts. Oh, I gotta hear that. That's awesome. Yeah, and then like I realized that the songs that meant the most to me were the the, the ones that had less, you know, the, the where I was hiding behind stuff less, like the kid thing or the art history thing. And so yeah, I've just really tried to be focusing on 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 that kind of vibe since then. Your new Your record, new record I, it, strikes it strikes me as very like bittersweet and and transitory, sort of looking back a little bit, looking ahead. It, it could be because it's sort of where I am in my life currently. And, but it was like, I don't know, even, even like the song about baseball or something seemed to hit me in a place that was really looking back on childhood. And then you now as a father, I'm not a father, but you looking at your child now. And it's like, it just really, I don't know. I felt it like a, a little bit of longing in these lyrics and they're, they're very strong or like, like the bear, you know, that was the thread through that one song, the blind bear. And then you have the encounter with it. Like, do, do you, what do you feel like is your strength in writing? You know, I, I, I really don't know. You know, I think I have, like I was saying with writing that kids thing, I think it tricked me into really, writing stuff that really felt like me and I, I that's the only way I really edit it's if it, like it feels like you know it feel it doesn't feel phony as, as simple and dumb as that sounds I, I think that's sort of uh, that's how I edit myself and, and like if I'm proud to, if I know that I'm proud to play it for like my wife and for my few friends who, who help me uh, whatever guide me through making of records um, I think that you know, if I'm, I, 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 I don't know. I think it just when when it it feels like it feels authentic to me, and so that, I think that's my strength. Maybe it, it doesn't feel phony. <laughs> I don't. I, I, it's hard. I don't know. I, I'm not very good at analyzing my stuff, but um, 
I try as hard as I can to not be, to just be normal and to be myself and to not try to sound smarter than I am or more poetic than I am or anything like that. So if I, you know, sometimes there'll be a line, I'll be like, ugh, that just, like, what are you? Like a, some sort of poet? And then so like, I'll, I'll change it instead of saying whatever, like the, some pretty word, I'll just make it into some less pretty word. And I'm like, yeah, well, that's how I talk. So that's how, I, that's how I'm going to do it. I mean, sometimes I slip up and I can't resist. I'm like, okay, that's a pretty word. Just use the pretty word. It's nice. Just use it. And so I'll do that. But, but, uh, but I, I definitely very conscious of that when I'm, when, I'm, when I'm editing. You know, when I'm writing, I write fast and I want to get a lot of stuff down. I want it just to sound like conversational and like I talk. And when I edit, yeah, I do. There is a little bit more like trickery going on. Mm. Uh, what was the name of the main character in Catcher in the Rye that was obsessed with phonies? Yeah, Holden Caulfield. Yeah, it, you know, it's so funny you say that because I, I, I picked up that up recently and I read the first few pages and I was like, holy fuck, this is who I'm copying. That's the voice. I was like, that's... <laughs> After a few more pages, I realized it wasn't exactly, but then I, was, I, I, I remembered what a, that voice... Yeah, it's a similar kind of voice, I think. Tony, we all had to read Salinger as, you know, kids. So it was like part of the high school curriculum. And I just thought that book was, you know, that book was annoying. And then I picked it up reasonably recently as an adult. And he is brilliant. Like, the, like, like he's, he's so good. And he wrote so little. And I actually, he didn't write so little. He wrote so much, but he published so little of it, apparently. Right. <laughs> right. Um, but is that, you know, in a way, think of him as a real artist. So just, you know, because he spent so many of, of his, uh, you know, so, so much of his life just writing for himself stuff that he didn't even want anyone to read, but he needed to get it out. Um, so do, do, right. you think, do you think you would still write music even if you knew nobody would ever listen? I mean, yes, I do. You know, I, I kind of have this funny uh, career where I do, you know, I do. After I did that kids record, I started like whatever tech companies started like licensing my songs for commercials and stuff like that. And then I started writing for like TV, like animated, like TV shows and for animated movies and things like that. So which I love doing, you know, and it's, it's a very different part of my brain, I think, you know, it's very much like putting a puzzle together and uh, but I, but I really love doing it. So I really, you know, I make a live. That's how I that's how I make a living. And when I do my albums, I, I do have a sort of weird luxury of like not I you know I there I don't I make I really do make them for me you know or for for my the the not the for the small <laughs> fan base that I have uh, and I don't feel lots of pressure to like. You know, I don't like going on tour. I was on tour for for twenty years. You know, and and, and I'm I, I'm not interested in doing that really. And um, I mean, I, I, I of course want people to hear it, and I, I you know I do press and I do stuff like that. Um, but but I do think of them as you know just for my family or whatever, or for for my friends, or for like just just there it's not it's they feel somehow separate from my career even though it's uh, while i'm doing them they're the central focus of my career it's just i don't know it's a funny it's a funny sort of back and forth i do hmm. i kind of want to hone in on what you're saying about um not trying to be too poetic or in your words you said not smarter than you are it's like i wonder if that's why they were so immediate to me like your lyrics and so evocative like you said in in one of the songs it was like 
you had a dream about being in a in a touring band and you woke up and you were glad you weren't in that band anymore and it was like wow that's really great and it was rooted in simple language but it was emotionally very impactful and i wonder if the same way for painters is it can we get too clever or too into what what people might think or expectations and stuff that that just separate us in some way from what we what we're supposed to do like outsmart ourselves and get further away from who we are with all these sort of like clever offers and things do those things go through your head when you're painting (sighs) yeah they will I, i i for me it's more like in designing an image, I, I, I feel like I know what sells out there and I don't do that. And that's kind of interesting to me to, to, to not, to say no in that way. Um, But on the same coin, I wonder if I'm as honest as you are in what you're saying about like always questioning is while you're writing, is that too poetic or something? Uh, it's more of a broad thing for me. Like, I'm like, well, if I started painting this thing, these galleries need more of these type of images. And I have a pretty good feel for what those are. And I won't do that. But at the same time, I wish, I don't know. I I guess what I was struck by was your honesty and your like sort of sensitivity to that kind of thing, to know that isn't authentic to me. And I don't know if I'm doing that enough. So I was inspired by what you said. Okay, cool. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, it's really important to me. You know, I feel like I can only stick out and feel like I'm, you know, if it's the more me that it is. You know, I guess I've learned it through like doing uh, doing commercial stuff, you know, and to film stuff when I submit stuff. I'm like, I'm not going to stick out and get the gig unless I don't sound like the other people submitting, you know, if I sound just like myself. So I'll use my first vocal take, I'll use my crude lyrics and I'll use, uh, I'll do it just as authentically me as possible, just so it's, I'll stick out, you know, and, and, I, and, I, and that does sort of carry through to, to the when I'm working on songs that are whatever, like the record, The Bear. It's like, uh, it just... It, there's just a feeling that, that that feels right, and to me, it's it's very easy to tell. It just makes it easier for me to edit. Otherwise, it's like it's so abstract. The idea of like, what is this song like? Like, I, I, it doesn't make sense to me unless unless I, if, if if it sounds like me, then like I then it's I, I know it's right, and it makes editing a lot easier. Hmm. And maybe maybe having that commercial um, avenue or to for your work really frees you up on your personal work right like it just sort of like you could do anything with that right like yeah it does yeah it's nice having it's it really is like it's like a back and forth and it's also like you know because i i did make that kids record and i made another one that i didn't it wasn't as mad it wasn't as great for me as the first one um but i you know i really love doing that stuff and i love writing with that in mind and writing for families you know i feel like it's such like a there's just like a, it's like a generous kind of vibe, you know, when, when, when you write that kind of stuff. And, and, uh, and I, and I really love doing it. I really am. I, what I'm working on now is, is more in that vein, you know, um, 
uh, I, I just have a, you know, just seeing like whatever really well-made animated movies that are so creative and funny and like thoughtful and, uh, and wonderful in every way. Like, I'm just like, I, I need to, I have a voice I, that I can, that works communicating to families and to kids. Like, and I need to, uh, I really want to make something that I, whatever, I, that's I feel like is really really special if in in that in that world. So that's what I'm sort of obsessing about currently. Um, do you still do you still love it? Like at this point, you've been you've been making music basically your whole life, like as long as you've been conscious. Um, does it still have the same magic that it did? You know, like 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 back back when you back when you were playing playing gigs at you know like in ninth grade at the. Yeah, you know it does. It's like it's it's. Uh, I think I'm lucky in that I've never gotten like big enough or like successful enough that it's been like easy. Like I was saying before, you know, it's nice that it's always like when when something good happens, when there's an accomplishment, it's like it feels it's like feels great, you know. And then like and then then you're back to like working again. It's just like a struggle. And then, you know, and then I've also had different chapters with like the different bands and then it, to get get the next band going, get like the Walkman going. It's like, this is hard as hell. There's no fucking way we're going to like do well. And then like it does okay. And you're like, it's, it's, it's like magical. And then you'll, and then now that I do it on my own, it's like, yeah, but I don't fucking stand a chance of succeeding doing this on my own because I can't sing and like I'm old and like whatever. Uh, and then, you know, and then whatever. It's somehow it, it's 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 working and I'm getting commercial work and it's just kind of it's just a it's it's nice. It's a it's a it's a nice it's a nice spot for for I think for continuing to be able to make good good stuff or make whatever stuff i really believe in and as far as the actual process of making the music yeah i i'm always very i get really i get yeah i get very very excited when i when i when i make something that sounds new and that i really love i mean there's no i'm sure you guys feel the same way there's no no greater feeling um so yeah i i crave that you know how, how, oh go ahead dina sorry there's just stereotypes that you know, music is kind of a young people's game, right? That, you know, there's all the, there's all the musicians that died at 27 and there's all, uh, you know, like, like there's more of an emphasis on people becoming successful when they're very, very young. Although I guess the last, I know, bunch of years, artists had that too. But I actually feel like most people don't really become a person even until they're like, I don't know. Like, like definitely older than 25. Um, I got it. I, I feel like I want to eat my words because there's going to be some 25 year old who's brilliant listening to this being like, oh, God, she's so, you know, <laughs> like, okay, right. boomer, you're so over the hell. But, um, but, right. but I actually like, I find that the, the older you get, the more, you know, the more people have to say and the deeper their work goes. Yeah, I think I, I agree. And I really love people's later work. I mean, I think of like classical composers, it's always, it's always their later work that I love. And it's and, and, and with people who sing, whatever, folk music, or, 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 you know, just acoustic music, that's more sort of storytelling, personal music. It's, you know, it's a lot, usually it's the later stuff that I that I that I really love the most. I think of like John Prine or something like that. You know, like, I, I love his earlier stuff, but it's but it's 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 the it's those last whatever five records the that that i think for a lot of people that are, that are really just just so wonderful and sophisticated and beautiful 
uh, and like open hearted. I whatever. You, you, I'm sure you guys know those records. They're just incredible. Uh, and and you know like Randy Newman, like his later stuff is, yeah, it's. Yeah, I love people's uh, when they when they continue to be when they go deeper as they get older, and there's just so much more there. Uh, it's it's a it's a wonderful thing. Instead of going the commercial and cheesy route and just sucking, <laughs> which a lot of people certainly do too. <laughs> so why why is a stereotype like the um like like what why 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 do you think that's out there? Within music, you mean? Uh, yeah, specifically within music, like, you know, I feel like there's so much emphasis on prodigies and, you know, right. like, like just it just in general on youth. I don't know, you know, I mean, I think I mean, I, for me, I always think of like it's rock, like rock and roll, you know, because I, uh, you know, rock and roll is always like my, my thing. And and yeah, I mean, I think there I mean, some bands obviously keep going and can, t and can do great stuff, but like but rock and roll, I, I think, is a, is a is kind of a young person's thing. I mean, like. It, it when it gets too mature, it, like it, it can be competent and can be and can be well crafted and convincing. But I don't know, confident and competent and well crafted and convincing are not necessarily like what make you love rock and roll, you know. So, I, I mean, the Stones like they they made some you know they made some good stuff into the '80s that was like real rock and roll. I feel like, but you know, it's never going to be the early stuff. Um, but but I feel like when it's singer songwriter type people, it 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 it, it works. It, the as they get older, it gets better. But rock and roll can you know? There's not much. Is there great rock and roll? Older older people doing rock and roll? Ah, uh, boy, nothing. I mean, it's like it's it turns into nostalgia acts, right? Like, right. You think of like like you two and like I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you you go to U two and you want to hear Joshua Tree and Octung Baby. You're, I I right. wouldn't have any idea what the last five U two albums sound like. You know, no. no. <laughs> but you're right. It does seem like the singer songwriters, like uh, like you said, John Prine and um. Oh, it's funny you mentioned Michael Hurley too. Not many people listen to him, but it's like. It does seem like that's the realm of adult feelings and adult emotions and rock and roll is for essentially 15 year olds, right? <laughs> 15 yeah. year olds it's is true. Period. <laughs> yes. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I still listen to rock and roll all the time, but like, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, there, there's this Russian word and um, I can't find the exact equivalent, but it basically means like, like, like so if I can translate it, it's, screaming until your vocal cords hurt, something like that. And I feel like right. young people might be better at doing that. So when you say someone has something, it's like someone's, you know, someone's really on the edge. Like their voice is really on the edge. They've, they've torn right. off so much and they just can't go any further. Um, right. It took me a paragraph to expl explain in English, but in Russian, it's just one word. That, uh, but, but, I, but I wonder if you're like under 25, you might have more of that thing. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Definitely. You know, it, uh, yeah, there's a big value to that kind of energy if we're in rock and roll. And people just, also when bands get successful, they get, you know, they get higher budgets and the studios, the recordings get better and it gets just, I don't know, so boring. And, and they don't, um, and they don't need to scream so much that their vocal cords are on, you know, right, right, exactly. make a point. That, that word, by the way, a lot of the people, a lot of the singers it gets applied to, um, have not not lived past 27. 
Like, like you say, like, oh, right, right. Yeah, exactly. He had that word and he's also dead before, you know, like, like under 30. Right. <laughs> it's, it, it seems like Dina and I talk about these two things quite often. There's like, there's lifers, you know, who would be uh, certainly a John Prine's a lifer, you know? Right. And, and then there's just like tryhards, like they're, they're chasing trends or whatever. They're working really hard at that one thing, but they're not necessarily lifers. And I think that's such a nice division in that. And don't you think like, it's hard to stay interesting, but I think it's the lifers like Leonard Cohen and Lou Reed and stuff who manage that sort of no matter where they come from. And then there's, right, right. there's just flash in the pan. They get they make a few hundred thousand dollars in either their paintings or music. Just there was there wasn't much behind it to begin with, you know, and then they right. You know, Leonard Cohen didn't. Didn't he? I, I think he didn't even start performing. He didn't even start singing until he was over forty. Like before that, he was writing books. Huh? Yeah, I think I think he was younger than that. But he did. But he. I, I think he was maybe when he was thir- in his thir- early thirties when when his, for his first record. But yeah, before that, he was just a poet for sure. And he, uh, yeah, he went to Nashville to. He, I guess he decided he wanted to be a country singer, and then he became what he became. He wrote this book called Beautiful Losers. It's one of just like the weirdest, most disturbing, um, you know, but but also incredibly beautiful things that I've ever read. Um, the, but um, I, and I actually feel like his best album might have been the one that got published recently, like after after his death. Uh. Right. I know he, he continued to do such incredible stuff. Uh, and yeah, I know that book, actually. I, I have that book. I read that book. Beautiful. I haven't read it in a long time. But uh, but yeah, I love and, and his poetry books. Is, he, his poetry books are great too. Everything, everything he touches. So can I ask you a little bit about painting? Because the cover of the bear is one of Hollis's paintings, right? How did? It's always so weird when our little community spills out to people that I wouldn't expect it to. Like, what what drew you to Hollis's painting? How did you find this? Like, how did how does this work? You know, I don't know. It's one of those weird things. It's like an Instagram thing. I found, I don't know how the timing was, but I I, I saw her pictures. I may, I don't I really don't know. And I just, and I saw her husband's pictures too, who I also love and think is just incredible. Um, and I then I heard heard them on on your podcast actually. The one we recorded on their porch. Yeah, that was wild. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I was just so intrigued and I loved her paintings. And then, yeah. And so I, I just, I just wrote to her on a whim, just, you know, like I'm sure we, what, yeah, I just wanted, it was curious if there was, if you would ever let somebody like me use one of your paintings for, for an album. And she was so nice. And she was like, she, she said she had listened to my stuff. And that she felt like she knew me from listening to it, and that I could use uh, that I could use whatever. And I was like, "How you know?" It's just a wonderful thing. So we're sort of like pen pals now. I, I actually haven't met her. She was just biking up in upstate New York with friends, uh, and was kind of swing by. But she was whatever. Too, the t- timing didn't work out for. I wasn't in town. Um, but uh, yeah, it's cool. You know, that's that's the, as much as I really hate social media. There there is a wonderful thing that can happen like that. You know, with uh, connecting with real people that way. I'm actually, I, w- what you're saying is like currently warming my heart because like 
for painters, you feel like you don't know, you don't know what the reception is or someone like Hollis, who is so fantastic at what she does. And it's, it's abstraction. And so many times people are like, oh, my kid could do abstraction, you know? And it's like, it's so elevated and good and complicated and sophisticated that it's like, it makes me so happy that you pick up on that and picked her out of this, you know, just massive sea of social media images. <laughs> like the good stuff hit you. And it's like, I don't know. I feel really encouraged by that. <laughs> yeah, it is an amazing, that's what just, uh, it's an amazing thing looking, I, I can't imagine painting an abstract painting and having the nerve to, like, I, it's just, it's such a strange language. And to, and to and then to be somebody who sees it and knows nothing about it and knows nothing about who made it, it's just a thing you see on your phone, you know? And to feel, like, moved by that in some way, it's just like, it's 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 like what the hell is that? It's it's very it's very it's a really it's a really magical and really bizarre thing, you know. And I was like, I, I love something about this. I just love, and it's it's says something really wonderful to me. And like, you know, so that's why that's why that's why I tracked her down. Mm, that's so great. I'm so excited to hear that. Yeah, there's something kind of mu musical even about the way she paints. Like to me, they they almost look like a cello sounds or something, you know, you could sort of feel that movement in them. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much movement and yeah, like depth. I just, you know, I, I, when I did paint, I was, I, I you know, I, I was not very good. And just the, the, how, how that depth is created and how that, I don't know what the hell it is. I don't even know if it's depth, but whatever it is, it's what, what she does is magical. Mm. It's great. Mm. I actually still think about some of the you know, some of the things she said. Like um, her husband Alex Konevsky, he told some amazing stories, and she just had one phrase about like the light hitting the woods in a certain way. And now every time I'm in the forest, I think of that. So. Uh huh. Yeah, that's cool. Um. So um. So so by the way, what's kind of what's what's in what does the future hold for you? What is in your near future? So. Well, I'm doing a film score right now, which I've never done before. I usually really, uh, you know, it's all, everything I do is so lyric, lyric driven. Um, so uh, it's nice to do, well, it's a chat, it's hard. It's a challenge to do something that, that, that is not lyric driven uh, and to try to be myself and to do my thing without having my voice and words on top. Uh, but I'm really enjoying that, you know, and when I record stuff for somebody else, I, I, I put a lot more effort into the recording and I actually spend time setting up microphones and like doing the stuff that professional people do. Um, so I'm, I'm really enjoying doing that. Uh, and then, yeah, then I'm also working on just this long, like a, the, the, like a family, I don't know what it is. It's going to be either like a, like a musical or a, a show or some sort of, it's like a character, a character based, like, uh, like, I don't know story that that will be very have a lot of songs and so anyway I've been working on that for a while and 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 and, uh, and I'm I'm really thrilled about it uh, I just need to need to get it done and uh, that but the, yeah that's that's what's really uh, exciting me so much is 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 that project that's a lot, I'm not explaining it very well when you when you do a score do you watch the film first and then yeah. 
Yeah, they're sort of it, it, they're sort of editing uh, now, so I'm getting different cuts of it uh, every day, uh, or every few days. Um, yeah, so that it's really it's cool, you know. I mean, I've done commercial stuff where I'm writing to picture before, but doing, uh, f- yeah, doing film is, is uh, it's a different thing, you know. And it really it's 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 fun. It's a it's a great challenge. It's just like a different part of my brain. Hmm. Um, so, uh, Marshall, you go ahead. Well, I was wondering, you know, you were a, a kid on the Lower East Side with, you know, in the in the the drug block of the world or whatever, and dropping out of school and living living a pretty rock and roll existence. And now you're a father. And how how is that different? Like creating art, how do you find time to do it now? Is that what are the the new challenges you're presented with? I mean, I, I do, I, you know, the, my girl, my girls are eight and nine. So they're, they're, it's, you know, they, they, they're at school from eight thirty. they get picked up and they get come home at, you know, four, four fifteen or so. So I have a long, I have a lot of, you know, and I don't go on tour, you know, I mean, I do a couple of things here and there, but, but part of my, my master plan is to not go on tour. Um, so I, I have a lot of time to work, you know, I really do have a lot. I, I mean, I've made, I, 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 I do, I make a lot of music, uh, and I, I really have a lot of time, uh, to work on it. So it's, it's really, it's a, it's a, it's a nice, it's a nice period I'm in right now. Um, and it's, a, it's actually hard to imagine how, how the hell we got, we made music back then, how we found the time that all of us get to, I and mean, we did, that's all we were doing, but it's just like, being a young person in New York City, like uh, that, we actually sat down and focused and went to band practice and like worked on songs on our own and then worked. It's kind of an amazing thing that we did that. I don't, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's a city full of distractions for sure. Yes, for definitely. Yeah, so because one of the advantages of being young is that you don't actually need very much sleep or like good food or exercise or any of the things that you start, you know, needing and appreciating. It's true. That's true. I don't think I ate vegetables uh, or a salad for my entire twenties, probably. <laughs> or or drink water. I'm always shocked or drink water. Water I drink now. <laughs> I never thought of. I know. Before. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> <It's> a... <laughs> um, actually, if I could have done one thing differently in my twenties, like I never slept. Like I never ever ever slept. And 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 in retrospect, why didn't I? Why did I need to stay up? like you know till five in the morning and finish that painting it was completely unnecessary could have done it the next day (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think there's the draw of yeah the nighttime is just a lot more it's it's a it's it's a a wilder place when you're young i have kids too and you know being being up at three in the morning stopped seeming attractive like the day i brought the first one home (laughs) yes exactly i know yeah being in bed at at, you know 9 30 is what i aim for now (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, can I ask you something a little off a little off topic but just it was yeah. striking me something I've been thinking about just in music in general like who whose lyrics do you think are I don't know a little more a better such a clumsy word but whose lyrics do you like better uh Bob Dylan's or John Prine's well that's a <laughs> I like that question um I mean, you know, it's funny. I like with Bob Dylan, I think of it in so, in different chapters kind of. You know, I think of that early stuff like whatever, the pre-motorcycle accident stuff is such a different such a different guy than, you know, 
it's hard to even put the two together. And then like, you know, Nashville Skyline, uh, even John Wesley Harding, and then all the stuff he continues to do. And like the, I even love his new stuff, his last record, that, that uh, whatever, Murder Most Foul song. Did you hear that song? Oh my God, I love it. Yeah, that came out right, right, at the be- right at the beginning of the pandemic. I remember listening to that when I was running and I was like, fucking hell, he's still just putting everybody to shame because uh, it was just so good. And it was funny and it was just like, it was, oh my God, it blew me away. Um, but yeah, as far, but uh, you know, John Prine is so much more personal, you know? I think like, if if you're like, I probably listened to Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan has so much more stuff, obviously too. Um, but like, it really depends. I, it's hard to say one's better than the other, but, you know, I mean, John Prine is just like, you just feel like he's like a friend when you're listening to it, you know? It's just like, it's so warm and fuzzy and personal. It's just like, it's 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 irresistible. And, you know, Bob Dylan is such a craftsman, but you don't get that feeling of like, that the, the feeling of warmth and that, that feeling of like really interfacing with a human in the same way, you know? I mean, I think he's, he does that sometimes, but I think that's just he's, his craft, you know, like whatever, Mama, You've Been On My Mind, stuff like that, and his love songs. But like, I feel the, the personal touch much more with, with John Prime. Oh man, I couldn't agree more. I think, I think John Prime will make me cry when I listen to him sometimes. Sure. And and Dylan doesn't, even though I think he's such a craftsman. And I wonder if it's a little bit of what we were talking about earlier. Like, there's always a bit of a distance between Dylan. Like, you don't know if he's saying right. that or if he cares or if he's kind of making fun of you a little bit. You don't really. And John Prine's just like a raw nerve. And it's like, oh, my exactly. God. Even right. even some of his stuff is when it gets a little, a little sappy, it's, it just hits me right to the core. <laughs> right. I totally agree. You know, I, I, it seems like it took him a while to get there though. You know, I feel like his earlier stuff, he was a little distracted with, I, I don't know what being trying, trying to shape his career or, or trying to do what the manager wanted, or maybe he wanted to have a, he wanted to be a pop more popular. I, who knows, but it really f- Maybe, you know, there, there always is real John Prine stuff on all this stuff, but I feel like he really just like snapped into being himself real late. Mm-hmm. You know, you're right, uh, Marshall. Dylan never makes me cry, but also my experience, somehow I don't process Bob Dylan after Blood on the Tracks. I basically like everything before Blood on the Tracks, and I haven't really liked my, my, much afterwards. <laughs> Right, there's some there's some strange stuff in there. I think he's just d- determined to uh, piss off the people who liked the 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 album before, and then if they like the next one. Then he goes, "I'm gonna piss off the people who like that that album." Uh, you know, though, he is a lifer, though. Like, like I agree, Marshall. There is more distance, and I never know when he means it and when he's just sort of like verbally meandering in a really pleasing, abstract way. Um, right. He's a lifer. He just keeps going and kind of you're like trying to reinvent himself, pissing off the people that like the ten previous albums and making sure none of them like the next one. Mm. Right. But I mean, his whole like quest, his whole like you know, always searching for the whatever, getting close. You know, even like his the, the uh, like the uh, born again period. You know, there's like. Yeah, I have a hard time listening to that to to that music, and I don't really respond that much to it. But like, the idea of it is great. I, it's hard to. I always wonder if he actually was 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 feeling spiritual in that way and really writing 
you know, from from the heart about feeling that that sort of re- religious thing. But like, to me, it just I, I always kind of guess that maybe it was just a, an exercise in songwriting and and also. And, 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 you know, turning, turning off all, all the, you know, just try just doing something different, almost like going electric again, you know? Mm. Yeah. Like got to serve somebody and stuff like those are, those are classics, but they don't feel, they don't feel like going to church, you know, no, not at religious, all. but it's like, I don't know where they fit. Um, I have also maybe a little bit an off subject question, but how do you feel about rhyming? Uh, they, um, because I, I, I keep I, I come from a culture where poetry is meant to rhyme, and if it doesn't rhyme, it's not really poetry. And right. in America, I used to get into sort of these, you know, uh, like like arguments with people all the time who were really like li- like American literary people seem to be really anti-rhyme. So. Right. I mean, I love rhyming because. I mean, just I, I'm a I'm a very rhythmic person. I you know I like uh, rhythm is very important to me, and I feel like that's one of my strengths as far as just like the the, the type of music that I've that comes out of me. Like I uh, and 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 rhyming, like I, I'm hooked on rhyming, and it, rhyming is also a wonderful thing for for me that just to use because you can because it add you know it it just as far as like if you want to make say something serious, have a serious song that's about something that's really important to you, and you're you're like pouring your heart out or whatever. Um, if you have a rhyme in there, it, it sort of takes the edge, you know, it, it, it adds a lightness. It adds like a humor to it. Uh, and if you, it's the same as adding whatever, just like a boogie beat or something, or, or like a, a tambourine. There's just like, it's just, it's a really nice little device to keep it light and to say, to, to say, Hey, we're like, we're all friends here. And like, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it, it allows me to say, to say, maybe sometimes more emotional things than I would if I wasn't rhyming, if you're just saying it. It's just, it's a very handy sort of counterbalance for me. Because uh, it feels funny, you know? If you could be saying something really serious and you get like a funny, dumb sounding rhyme in there, you're just like, okay, good, that's perfect. Huh, like a little juxtaposition, like a little a little something to, to, to soften it a bit. That's, yeah, I, I yeah. thought that, that's so, that's so smart, that's so insightful. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I think of it when I'm doing it, but I think that I, but I, but listening to my stuff, like that I've done, I'm like, okay, I'm definitely, it's just like a good rhyme that really nails it on the rhythm. It's just like, it just has a great humorous sort of generous quality to it that that I I definitely love to just drill that that rhyme. It's just so satisfying. (laughs) I want another question kind of about parallels between music and painting. We recently had Betty Cunningham on the podcast. She's a gallerist who's fantastic, like a great interview with her. And she has taste like nobody else. She has a a gallery now on the Lower East Side. And it's like wondering about how she's spent so many years with such a good eye, you know? Right. And, and, she actually answered the question in a way that was satisfying because that's such a clumsy question to ask someone. And she was like, she looks for people who discover what they're doing on the canvas each, each time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, what an intangible, crazy thing to, to be keyed into. But looking at who she selects, it's like, she really does do that. Do you, in, in music, are you figuring it out in the studio, like I imagine you 
at a desk writing down lyrics, right? And then mm-hmm. it, whether there's a song first or a melody first and then the lyrics, I, I wouldn't know. But And then it's taking that sheet to the studio and playing it. How much room and in, in discovery is in there for a musician? I mean, you know, it's different every time, you know? Like, I, I feel like for me, a lot of my... A lot of the the most important part of of what I do in making up a song is really just the the initial sort of the concept behind the song. You know, it will be like, um, you know, a, a, like a, a a title or something, and like a, a an angle on uh, a way of saying something that I that I really want to say. And it's like, okay, there's my foot in the door for how I can say that. And like, there's my title, and I can I can bring it into this place that I've been wanting to say, and like, oh my god, that that's the idea. And those ideas come like when I'm whatever mowing the lawn, or when I'm running, or when I'm driving. You know, I don't know if that works that way for painters, where you think like when you you think of uh, concepts while you're doing other things. But it's definitely you know, it's a just when your mind is wandering, it, it allows you, or your mind is relaxed or concentrating on something else. I, I definitely think of my best ideas then, and then like, but then. So, yeah, it's not like magic, like when I'm actually writing, I try to just, once I have that idea, usually I get very excited if it's a good one, you know, and I, and, and if it's not, I, I, I usually throw it away, but if, so I'll, I'll try to write just really fast, you know, and I'll, I'll allow for everything possibly to come in. I'll write like whatever, many, many verses and have extra verses and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, there is there is a, a lot that and then and then then the editing is like you know there a lot changes then too. So it really is. There's there's all at every step. I think there's room for for little magical things to happen and for discovery and for figuring out where the song's gonna go. You know, and also at every step, there's a, definitely an opportunity for for you to take the wrong step and to ruin what could be good. And, uh, you know, I, I, I assume it's the same when you're painting, you know, like, I, I don't know, but I remember when I would paint, like, like, I would have something I really loved, and then the next step, I would somehow just ruin it, and, and, and you know, or somehow I'd be like, holy shit, this is suddenly amazing, and, I mean, I don't think that have ever happened to me in, in painting, but, like, I, I'm, I, that's what I wanted to happen. <laughs> <laughs> that's so great. Um, who, who, who are your biggest, like, I guess this is a two-part question. So a few of your, your most influential acts in, in music, um, and then how important are influences and what you do in the studio? Yeah. I mean, my big ones are probably are pretty predictable, you know? I mean, I really, it's, I think... I have like a record collector, so I have a million records, and I've been listening to music, whatever, for my, ever since I was a kid. Um, so, but I think that as far as what directly relates to what I do, like I mentioned before, I always think of well, people always say to me, so I always, but I do think it's right. Uh, it's like Randy Newman and and Jonathan Richman, Michael Hurley, and then you know Leonard Cohen, but like I don't I don't write like him at all, and and like Bob Dylan, of course. I mean, sometimes I'll hear something and it'll remind me of that, but more like. Not not little content at all. Just more like maybe uh, I don't know certain little de- doodads. I I I I, I hear, um, but yeah, those are my my big ones probably. And then I do you know I listen to a lot of new music. Like I really love uh, uh, what's her name, Adrian Lenker. You know, Big Thief. I really think is fantastic. Oh, she's really really fantastic. I think. 
Yeah, Big Thief is, Big Thief is the band, but her name is uh, Adrian. Uh, I think it's Adrian or Adrian, uh, Adriana Lenker, and she makes solo records too. She writes all the Big Thief stuff. She's really, really, really special. I mean, I really think that what she does is fantastic. Um, but it's nothing like what I do, you know. Like it's, it's, it's. But you know, I think I more just get inspired, get excited by the greatness of something. I'm like, man, I want to make something great like that, you know. I, but I, 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 it's rare that I hear something that I'm like, oh man, I want to do a song like whatever, like, uh, like, like if I hear like, like I want to do a song like that, and I'm gonna see if I can hide their ideas and. and put my ideas in there. I mean, I've done that before. We did that a lot in Walkman and, and in other bands and different projects where you can sort of, but like, I, I don't do, I don't really do that anymore. Um, and, um, and I, yeah. That, uh, I, I, it's funny you mentioned Jonathan Richmond because that I, Jonathan album is so, I love it. And I, I notice a similar playfulness in what you do. And then in that album as well, just kind of a, a bit of a light touch on some things, you know? Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. I mean, I, I do see parallels between what I do and what he does. I mean, like, I'm not, not that I compare myself to him, but yeah, I certainly love what he does, you know? And I feel like you're getting, you're really getting a heavy dose of Jonathan when you listen to a, a Jonathan album. Um, and yeah, yeah, I used to go see him play all the time uh, in, in New York. Uh, and he's always just so funny and just so, you know, talking the whole concert, interrupting himself in the middle of a song and just like, it's just, it's the greatest. I always love the stories of him just following the Velvet Underground around as this weird little kid, you know? Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. great. exactly. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> and he stuck to his guns. He was pretty much, he was himself, you know, even in that culture. Even in the modern lovers, even in that nasty rock and roll, he's talking about like going home and uh, eating health food at home alone or whatever, you know. <laughs> and, the, and the bureaucracy of the government center always cracked me up. <laughs> yeah, I know. It took me a while. Like I remember first hearing that stuff when I was like in my twenties. Like this is totally badass. And then eventually, you more listening more to the lyrics, and you're like, hold on, this guy's talking about a lot of really funny, funny stuff. <laughs> So do you, uh, so a lot of, I mean, we've looked at demographics of this podcast, quite a, quite a lot are in New York City painters listening to the show. Do you have any advice for young artists uh, navigating the city and staying true to their craft and all the pulls this way and that and distractions? Except for staying away from that corner of Clinton and, you know. The <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh uh, you know, I don't know. Like, it's hard. I can't imagine, like, if my kids went in and started doing music and wanted to be in a rock band and moved to New York City, I would be, like, I'd be terrified. You know, it's, uh, I don't really, the business is so different now. I, I you know, it's, it's, a, it's, I actually have a, a nephew who's, who's thinking about doing music. Uh, and he's asked, you know, he'll ask for advice. I'm like, I don't, you know, just like, do, like, do your thing. Like, do, be, do the stuff that sounds most like you and that doesn't sound like other people and that really excites you. And if it stops exciting you, then maybe don't do it. But, um, but you know, I, it's that, it's that, that, you know, ba that kind of basic advice is what I, I think is what I, what I believe, you know, and uh, what I try to, to follow, you know? Mm, yeah. That's it. We got to like, like we got a voicemail recently about like you, we, we would like you to ask more artists about how to make it. 
And it's just kind of uh-huh. like, I don't know how to, no one really has. <laughs> Nobody, no. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, I think of all my musician friends, like everybody has found a funny little pocket where they're, where they can survive, you know? And I found this weird thing where I do commercial stuff. I did some kids stuff and I make my albums and like, whatever. I play on other people's albums sometimes, but it's not, and like, I do like a film score now. It's just like, it's not like, that's not something you can do, like a box you can check and that's like the career that you're going to do. It's just like, it's, it's, yeah, a lot of it is just being flexible and scrambling and, uh, and yeah, but certainly you're having to work your butt off the whole time. You know, making it also means something different for, you know, for, for, for everyone, right? Like there's some people who, like I, feel like if I can, you know, pay my bills, I'm making it. Like I'm making it. I made it. Exactly. That's- Me too. Me too entirely. Um but then then I feel like like I I feel like I know people for whom that wouldn't be nearly enough. That uh, um like like not even close to being enough and who are kind of hungry for the next thing and the one after that. And at some point right. I, I think I'm just I'm just not that hungry. Like I'm kinda happy with, you know, most things. <laughs> Um, as I don't have to do that much stuff that I really hate doing. And uh. right, that, yeah, that's exactly how I feel. That's like how I I feel like it is a blessing that we never, that none of the bands ever got like whatever huge or that big. It's just like because then that you've like tasted blood and like maybe you like want that. I don't think I ever would have wanted more of that if we, that had happened. But I don't know. You know, I can I'm, I'm sure it can mess with your brain. But luckily, uh, I didn't get my brain messed with that much. Yeah, and time to do what you love. I mean, I think all three of us here have a lot of time to do the thing we love. And that is so amazing, man. It really is. I mean, it's just it's so wonderful. You know, it's uh, it's pretty incredible. So I'm definitely appreciative of that right now. Me and Marshall were talking a little while ago, and I can't remember what I was complaining about. I feel like I complain quite a bit about just day to day, you know, mostly about filling out paperwork online, which I can't seem to figure out how to do. But, um, um, but, but it's something you said to me where I was like, you know, this thing that really makes me happy is just that first like cup of coffee and like setting up my palette and like the first, you know, bit of painting in the morning. And you said that like, basically everything that or most things that make money, bring you success, et cetera, just take you further away from like the coffee and the painting. <laughs> yeah, totally. I, I, I agree completely. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, that feeling is that that's the greatest, you know, or like the feeling of for me, I always think of like when I make my first little voice memo on the phone of the, the lyric idea that I'm thrilled about with the little guitar thing, usually that, that makes the makes it come alive in a way. And you listen to that and you're like, fucking hell. This is the great. This is the greatest thing I've ever heard in my life. I'm I, in, in love with this. You know, it's it's a really incredible thing, and I I don't know why I, uh, you know, I'm lucky to have a brain that that allows myself to think that about things that I write. But I, I do, it's so important to get be so be excited by our own stuff. You know, otherwise it would be, uh, pretty pretty tough. <laughs> mm. So where can people find you? I mean, not literally. You don't want people showing up. And up. <laughs> Give us your home address. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, like where can people find your next projects, your next your next gig, whatever next thing that you're doing or current thing? Well, just like on my website, you know, it's just Walter Martin Music. And uh, or like I, 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 I'm really bad at social media, but I do update stuff on my Instagram, which is just I think it's just Walter Martin Music. 
uh yeah i mean like the next thing i'm, I'm gonna do a tour in europe actually in in the fall um and uh, i just played in new york city for the first time in, in a long time when like not long ago just a couple of weeks ago it was wonderful uh but i don't i really don't do that often it's a lot it's it's hard it's a lot of it's so much stress and like planning and even though it's just like me up there with like a guitar um and i played in la recently i'm, I'm proud to say i flew across the country and played uh but uh yeah i mean i i i, I have I'm, I'm, I'm gonna put out a couple of songs in probably in the fall and then, then it, but the, what i'm working on now is going to take a long time it's going to take me a year hmm. so or more thank you so much for talking to us this is you know an absolute delight well thanks for having me i really appreciate you guys having a, a musician on it's like uh usually nobody wants musicians around and uh thank you for like years of great music like i it, well, thank in you. terms of it, well look it's like in terms of uh the grind like you stuck to your guns when a lot of musicians of your era took took a little more of a payout for less interesting music, and I really appreciate it. So, well, thank you, thank you. I appreciate it, and I really appreciate your guys' podcast. It really is wonderful. You know, I, w I wish that there was one for musicians. Like, I it's just it's, it's so nice to listen to people talk about you know their craft and why they do what they do and how they do it. And I like when you guys get into like the nitty gritty of the of the paints even though i usually don't know exactly what you're talking about but i uh but you have got such interesting people on and it, everybody's so thoughtful it's 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 really it's really a, just it's uh i do feel a lot of whatever I, I feel i learn a lot from it from here or i feel encouraged that like maybe i'm doing something in the same way that some of these people who who, who sound really great are, are, are doing it or believe the same kinds of things so it's, it's really nice well thank you guys yeah thank and you so much and uh, yeah, I'll continue to listen. This was a pleasure. And uh, yeah, next time, I, I guess I'll see it on Instagram. You're playing in the city. I'll definitely come see you, so. Okay, awesome. Cool. Thank you for listening. And I hope you got some good painting done while we entertained you with our amazing guest. If you like what you're hearing, follow and subscribe to our podcast if you haven't done so yet. And if you're so inclined, rate us whether you love or hate us. We love hearing all the different opinions and appreciate the feedback. You can reach out to us at artgrindpodcast at gmail.com or DM us on IG at artgrindpodcast. You faithful listeners have the power to help us grow. So please spread the word. It's free and you'll feel good about it. So until next time, stay on the grind while we fill your mind.